the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. We appreciate you joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. We have a very special program for you today. I'm Ron Aaron. We're being joined by our co-host, Tina Smith, to talk about how, where, and why caregivers can reach out for help and what they may need for their loved one. Tina is the manager of caregiver program operations for the Caregiver SOS program through the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in social gerontology, and she's worked with seniors and caregivers for nearly 30 years within the long-term care industry, the Bear Area Agency on Aging in San Antonio, and she served as an adjunct instructor with Kaplan University. Tina has been with the Caregiver SOS program for a little more than two years, and we're delighted to have her today, not only as a co-host, but a very special guest, because this is what she does. (laughs) Tina Smith, for those who don't know, let's give the 411. What is the Caregiver SOS program? Oh, I'm I'm very happy to be here today. I'm very happy to to share that. So essentially, what our goal is at the Caregiver SOS program is to provide the caregivers, family caregivers, families and friends that are caring for somebody, the information and the support that they need to continue to care for their loved one. And what does it cost to be helped by that program? It is completely free. All of our services, there are no costs uh, to any of our services. So some of the things that we do, we have caregiver specialists that can um, visit with a caregiver and provide guidance, just maybe uh, community resources uh, that might be available, or just uh, hear them out and provide guidance on how to manage all that they're doing. And they have support groups and, and different things like that. Again, just to provide that that one-on-one help uh, with the caregiver. We also do you have, have our... to, excuse me. Do you have to live in San Antonio to get that help? No, no, not at all. We actually have caregiver specialists. We do have caregiver specialists here in San Antonio, but we also have a caregiver specialist in Corpus, the Corpus area, as well as the Valley. Um, And and then a caregiver specialist that serves the El Paso area. You can certainly call in from anywhere, um, but uh, we may not be overly familiar with some of the resources in in your community if you're not from one of those communities, but we'd certainly be glad, uh, glad to talk to you. And what motivated you to get involved uh, in these kinds of issues, gerontology, caregiving, seniors? It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think was meant to be. Uh, I graduated, uh, uh, got my bachelor's in psychology, but honestly wasn't really sure what direction I wanted to go in. And uh, 
had hadn't really worked with older adults. I had older family members, but had never been in nursing facilities, hadn't really interacted a lot other than family vacations and things like that. And I ended up, I knew I needed to go back to grad school for something. You can't do much with just a bachelor's in psychology. So went to, um, was looking for a job, decided to work a little bit and save some money and ended up getting a job in a nursing home as an activity assistant. And um, that's just really what started it all. I loved, it was one of my favorite jobs, uh, working directly with the residents um, and, and helping them and their family members. We, you know, we would have holiday parties or the, when the families would come to visit. So that really, that's what set me on my path. I knew that um, I wanted to work with uh, older adults and in the different, I worked in long-term care facilities for a while, worked at the Area Agency on Aging. And in each, each position, I was working with family caregivers and then was fortunate to be able to move into this role uh, with the now, Caregiver SOS program. People may not realize, but there are AAAs, Area Agencies on Aging, everywhere. Every county in the country is covered by an Area Agency on Aging and their services, uh, their focus is providing uh, assistance for people 60 and over. In, the, in their communities. It's they're, they're funded, they're federally funded through the Older Americans Act, and they provide uh, a lot of times information referral. They have case management programs, uh, what are called benefit counseling programs, where if you have questions about Medicare or insurance, they can help you navigate Social Security, they can help navigate that. Also an ombudsman program, if you have a loved one living in a, a long-term care facility, uh, the ombudsman program, they're advocates for residents in those facilities are kind of between uh, the families and the state so they can take care of and help uh, those families uh, resolve some of those issues that they might be having in the facility. So great program, free, free of cost, there's no charge and there's no income uh, criteria. You just have to be 60 or over or caring for somebody who's 60 or over. And how do you find your area agency on aging? You can go to, if you have a, um, uh, if you have internet access, if you go to www.eldercare.acl.gov, what you'll come to is a website where you type in your zip code and then they will, or what will come up is that your local area agency on aging. It, it may not, it, say Area Agency on Aging specifically, it'll sometimes say Aging and Disability Resource Center or Information and Referral, but that's where you're, where you're headed or that's what you're, you're headed wow. towards is that Area Agency on Aging. Now, let me share with those who may have just joined us. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host today, Tina Smith, is also our guest today. She is Director of the Caregiver Program Operations for the Wellman Charitable Foundation. We're talking really about what she does every day of her life at work, trying to help people deal with issues involved in caregiving and caring for seniors who, who may have challenges. And, and Tina, talk to us a little bit about uh, the day that call comes, and it's usually this way, uh, mom, dad, grandma's in the intensive care unit, suddenly ended up there, we need you to come here. You become a caregiver instantly. Yes. yes what should it, you do and, and what should you know? And, and that's that's the challenge of caregiving is really the majority of people you don't plan for it. You, this is not something that you plan for talking about uh, deteriorating, deteriorating health or end of life issues isn't pleasant. It's just not something that we like to do. So we often don't do it. And so planning for caregiving is just not something 
most people do. They just find themselves, whether it is an emergency situation uh, like the one you mentioned, or if it's over a, a period of time, maybe they start by just calling and checking on mom or dad, or maybe bringing over the groceries and then maybe start providing uh, more meals or trips to the doctor. You know, they just suddenly find themselves uh, doing more and more. And that's, it's all of a sudden they find themselves in that position. But oftentimes we find people don't necessarily identify themselves as caregivers. When we use that term, people automatically go to, or a lot of people go to paid providers coming into the home, but they don't consider themselves uh, a caregiver. Well, I'm just the, I'm his wife, of course, I'm going to take care of him, or that's my mom, you know, I'm not a caregiver. And so, you know, providing that education and, and trying to get them to see, you know, once they see that they are in a caregiving role, that's when it becomes a little bit easier to getting them the help um, that they might need. Someone was telling me that in Spanish, there really is no word caregiver. There isn't. There isn't. There's a lot of nuanced words, you know, kind of depending on what you're talking about, but there there isn't a, a specific word for that. And is that part of the reason so many folks don't self-identify as a caregiver? There are, there are a lot of cultural issues, uh, uh, you know, that, that come into play in the caregiving that matter. Uh, you know, for some cultures, the family uh, takes care of their own. You know, that's that's what they do. You don't look for outside help. You, you know, you provide that assistance on your own. Um, and so accepting outside help or, or even information from the outside is just, just not what you do. It's interesting. A few years ago, I interviewed a uh, former WellMed physician, he's left, but he was a PCP at WellMed, now gone on to other things, but uh, he was Vietnamese. And in his family, the greatest honor he could have had was that his mother came to live with him. And mm -hmm. it was a, really a battle among his siblings uh, as to who would be the one to care for mom. And I thought about how it's often the opposite in many other societies where, man, I don't want her, you take her. Exactly. A family can be a blessing, but sometimes it can be a bane uh, to caregivers. It's, you know, it can become a challenge. And that's where we see, uh, we see a, a lot of, we hear from a lot of caregivers that uh, their family members won't step up or when they do, they, they may swoop in um, for the weekend or for the week to come visit and have all these ideas and then they leave and then that's the last they hear of them. So those family challenges, if they are present, um, can create more stress uh, for that caregiver. Well, talk to us a bit about uh, the kind of checklist people should think about, uh, whether they're today a caregiver or not, because odds are, take a look yeah. around your family, look at your parents, look at your aunts, your uncles, your siblings, you may end up being a caregiver. What are the kind of things you should start to think about? Yeah, Rosalind, that reminds me, Rosalind Carter had a really good quote that, you know, everyone, everyone, um, or you're either, you're either a caregiver for somebody or you will eventually need a caregiver. Um, it's just, it's just, you're right. It's inevitable. And so probably one of the first things, you know, that'd be important is one to recognize that you are, uh, you are a caregiver and that, um, and understanding that this job may be too big to do on your own. Now, if it's in the early stages and they don't need a lot of help, you know, it's something that you can manage, but something to, to keep an eye open open for is if if uh, the help becomes more and becoming cutting into things that whether it's work, you know, there's a lot of working caregivers out there where, you know, they may have challenges with the balancing, you know, that work personal life and caregiving role. Uh, so just kind of seeing where you are and what kind of help you need. Also understanding the disease of your loved one, uh, you know, know the basic facts about it, know what to expect 
down the road because when you're armed with information, that's key to helping manage the stress. When you can get a sense of what might be happening in the future, that's gonna help you not be surprised or be caught off guard by, by something. Um, just knowing the different resources, you know, asking for help is hard, navigating our social service system can be a challenge. So knowing groups where you can start, the Area Agency on Aging is a great place to start your search uh, for what help uh, might be out there. And think about the kind of stress that caregivers are under. Uh, I saw a statistic at one point, Tina Smith, uh, that many caregivers predecease the care recipient. It, it can happen. It can happen, especially when they're caring uh, for somebody with dementia. Uh, caring for somebody with dementia just adds a whole nother layer of stress because you're having to manage the physical aspects of caregiving and the time that that takes, but you're also having to manage some of the behaviors and the unknowns that happen. You know, every day is different when you're caring for somebody with dementia. And so caregivers, um, oftentimes we find aren't taking care of themselves or so busy and so focused on the care of their loved one that they're not going to the doctor. They're not addressing the needs. They're not sleeping uh, the way that they should be or eating the way they should be. So their health can suffer from that. We should all read Dr. Jamie Heisman's book, Take Your Oxygen First. Yes. Yes. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Tina Smith. If you just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. The conversation continues in just a moment. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. so pleased you are sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. We're talking with our co-host, Tina Smith, who is Director of Caregiver Program Operations. Tina filling in for Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment. And we're talking about really what Tina does in her work, and that is trying to help and counsel and support caregivers. Uh, Tina Smith, I can remember a few years ago, uh, talking to one of the Caregiver SOS On Air, or Caregiver SOS staff people, who said that one of the things that always really surprised her was when a caregiver came in and she would say to them, how are you feeling? And the floodgates of tears would open up and they would often say, nobody ever asks me that. Mm -hmm. That's true. They're, they're kind of the, the silent majority in the back. They go to the doctor's office. The doctor focuses on the patient, the, their loved one, um, or, you know, the, they're just doing what they do. So, uh, you know, family members or friends may not think uh, anything of it. They're concerned about the person they're caring for. So that is one thing that we, we stress to caregivers. We've talked to caregivers many times who have expressed surprise that we're, we're connecting with them for them. You know, we want to know about what they're dealing with rather than uh, just their loved ones, the, the issues that their loved one. And it's, you know, it, it's hard being the caregiver and being in the background all the time and, and having to, to deal with, with all that they do. Recently, we talked with uh, Paul Benheim about the stress of caring for someone with Alzheimer's. And mm -hmm. his point was that uh, it's incredibly stressful. Caregiver SOS has a stress buster 
program to help people in that situation, do you not? Oh, absolutely. With, you know, with caregiving, the stresses aren't going to go away. The, you know, the stress, stressful events will continue to be there, but to learning how to manage uh, the stress that you're dealing with is really what's key. Um, key to healthy living, key to, you know, not being completely overwhelmed with what you're doing. So yes, we have a stress busting program. Uh, it's an evidence-based program. So it's been proven uh, to reduce those hard feelings that come along with caregiving, some of that stress and anxiety and maybe anger or frustration. Uh, it's a nine-week course where we teach caregivers stress management techniques and coping skills as it relates to caregiving. Um, and it really kind of gets to the Again, giving the, those caregivers tools, giving the caregivers tools that they can use to help manage uh, all that they're doing. We do it online and we do it in person uh, as well. And this actually is nationwide. Uh, we're, uh, there's uh, agencies in about 19 different states as well as Puerto Rico that are offering uh, this program currently. Program was additionally, uh, additionally initially developed at UT Health. Yes, with, doc, yeah, with Dr. Sharon Lewis. Um, she created this program probably in the... Um, early 2000s uh, started developing it and has really taken off in the past 10 or 12 years uh, or so. And like I said, we have it in for, for um, caregivers of persons with dementia. So we can talk about strategies and dealing with some of those challenging behaviors and understanding all that, as well as caregivers of, for persons with a general chronic illness and, and talking about how that impacts them. And we also offer both programs in Spanish as well. Share with me some of your thoughts on how uh, frequently, not all the time, uh, a caregiver may become an abuser uh, to that care recipient. They get so angry, they begin mm -hmm. to punish them psychologically and sometimes physically. Yeah, unfortunately, that does happen. Luckily, it's not a, a big number, as you said, but it still happens. And, and it happens because the, the stress management goes unchecked. That's, that stress just becomes more and more and more and uh, leading towards burnout. Um, and, and just getting to the point where they they can't care anymore. And so they are so angry or are so frustrated that um, they just react. They react to that, you know, if they're having to answer that the same question 10 times in the past five minutes or uh, having to clean up one more mess or having to go to one more doctor appointment, it just begins to get too much uh, for somebody and they reach that, that boiling point. Uh, our goal is hopefully to get to them before they, they reach that point um, so that they can, uh, you know, learn how to manage some of that stress and manage some of those behaviors um, so that it doesn't reach that. Because even if it's, you know, if a caregiver yells at their loved one, uh, becomes extremely angry, then they feel terrible. A lot of times they feel terrible afterwards, and then they've got that guilt on top of the anger or frustration or that exhaustion, whatever that might be. And it's a lot of hard feelings. And we all know what stress can do to a body and to a mind. And, it, you know, the caregiver can really be impacted as well as not be able to take good care um, of their loved one. It's, it's a hard situation. You need to pull the plug and drain the cortisol. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, you know, hopefully, and one thing that we, we try to teach in, in, our, in our consultations as well as the stress busting program is recognizing when you start to have some of those negative feelings, when you start to feel angry, re realizing what are your triggers towards that and being able to, to twist that thinking around, to twist it around to, um, you know, it doesn't have to be positive all the time, but understanding that it's the, the disease that may be causing some of those behaviors. Um, and not the person, 
uh, you know, and, and learning how to, to take care of themselves too. That's another big theme that we, we manage. Oftentimes caregivers are so busy giving and giving and giving, they're completely depleted of any kind of energy. And so the importance of doing something for themselves, an activity that they enjoy or taking a break, um, maybe going away for the weekend, um, whatever that might look like, whatever fills their cup, whatever brings them joy to make that a regular practice so that they can be in better shape uh, to care for their loved one. You see all the time Mother's Day Out programs for mm -hmm. mothers of newborns and toddlers. Uh, what you're suggesting is there ought to be a time out program for caregivers. Yeah, there really does. And there's and there is there's what's called respite. Respite is available. Um, so you have to, it depends on the community that you live in, but different forms of respite could be adult daycare centers. So they have places where um, persons, primarily persons with dementia, you can uh, take your loved one for half a day or a full day, a couple of days a week, one day a week, whatever that looks like for you, but they have their activity centers uh, and you know your loved one is safe in there. So you could, that can be a form of respite. Uh, home health agencies offer forms of respite. Uh, if, if financially, both of those are, are challenging options. You know, if you if you have a network of friends uh, or family that can come get, take a give you a break, you know, just come over and sit with my dad for a couple of hours. And that way uh, I can go out and go meet a friend for coffee or go to my own doctor appointment, whatever that might look like. But taking a break is is really critical. You need some some downtime, some time to be able to do something for yourself. It's not selfish and it's not taking away from your loved one. Uh, does it make you a bad caregiver to do this? And it will actually make you a better caregiver um, if you take take those moments uh, to yourself. So, so what I'm hearing, uh, a lot of folks will have somebody say, gee, I, I know you're caring for your dad. Uh, can I help? And the response is often, no, I'm okay. Maybe a response could be, yes, here's what you could do. Yes. Pick up a quart of milk from uh, help me cut the lawn from come sit with dad for a couple hours so I can get out of here. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that we've recommended to caregivers is they come up with um, just a list, even a, a physical list of things like I'll put one one item on each card. And it can be things such as stop by the grocery store for me or mow my grass uh, or run this errand for me. It can be very simple things. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant and you have those with you. And so when somebody asks, if they may be saying, I'm fine, just because maybe they can't think of anything off the top of their heads. And so here's a list, you know, you can hand that person who's asking, you know, here's some things that I need help with. Can you help me with one of those? And I know it's hard. Um, it's hard to ask for help. We're a very independent society. We like to, to do things on our own, but we need caregivers to realize this is the season of their life right now where they they need help. They need help. Being a caregiver on your own is a tough job. So you need to create that community around you, whether it's just a couple people, or if you're fortunate to be able to create a bigger community with family and friends and church members and neighbors and, and all of that. So sometimes you just have to think a little bit outside the box. If family isn't present or very helpful, um, you know, looking to see who else might be, be able to help and just, you know, consider it that you're, you're letting someone else, uh, you're a blessing to somebody else. You know, you're giving them that opportunity to give back. And that's just where you are in life. Down the road, things can change and, you know, you'll be able to give back. But just right now, you're in the season of life where you need some extra help. And often thinking of Nancy Reagan and the long goodbye 
yes. uh, with her husband with Alzheimer's, uh, that can drag on for years where you, you feel like you're a caregiver forever. It is. It's tough. I mean, it can last for years and years. I had a family friend, uh, her husband was diagnosed or he had Alzheimer's for about 15 years. Uh, and wow. it progressed from him being at home uh, to he eventually was in a facility and he has since passed away. But it's, you know, in that um, we often hear uh, caregivers, especially spouses, call themselves hidden widows or hidden widowers because their spouse is still alive, but it's not the same person that they married. And so, you know, with dementia, they call it the long goodbye because one, it can last so long, but you're also having to say goodbye first to the the person you knew, the personality and, and the likes and the, the dislikes, and then the physical part of um, part of them. And so it's it's tough. It's it's really tough. So the grieving never ends until they die. No, no. And they're going through what we call anticipatory grief. They they're anticipating and they know what's going to happen eventually. And that's that causes stress to live constantly, constantly under that. We got about a minute left. And before we go, let's go back to where we began for the caregiver who maybe the first time or maybe they've been a caregiver don't know where to go for help what can they do to get the help they need you know you can you can give us a call uh, at the caregiver sos program it's 1-866-390-6491 again that's 1-866-390-6491 you can give us a call we'd be glad to talk to you about some of the options connect you with some resources in your city um, the area agency on aging is another great place to start with local resources uh, are great. And, you know, they may be able to help you themselves, or they may be able to provide additional resources in the community for you, but reach out for help, find out what's available. And there's a program that you offer called Caregiver Teleconnection, uh, yes. which puts you in a really a, an informal group help situation. Absolutely. These are hour long learning sessions that we do primarily on Zoom these days, but it's a good chance to learn from experts. We talk about a wide range of topics about dementia care, about uh, the importance of self-care and how caregivers can can take care of themselves. You have a chance to ask questions of that expert and then also hear from other caregivers. You get to find out that you're not the only one with some of these feelings uh, and it makes it a little bit less lonely. Tina Smith, thank you. You're a great guest and a wonderful co-host. Thanks for being with us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.